Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, the audio version of our Facebook Live series, Art Talk Tuesday. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and I am so excited that you're here to catch the weekly replay of my laid-back yet very inspiring conversations with other full-time professional artists. The purpose of this series is to show aspiring artists like you that it is completely possible to make a great career out of this art thing. And if you ever want to join us live and have your questions answered in real time by myself or featured guests, then just hop over to facebook.com slash groups slash Artist Academy every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'll see you there. This episode is sponsored by the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, a program for artists who want to up-level their art game by taking it from a hobby or a side hustle to a full-time art business. I've been a professional artist for over five years with paintings in several different countries and a client list that includes high-profile companies such as Bass Pro, O'Reilly's, Duck Commander, and many, many more. So I figured out what it takes to build an art business, and now my heart is set on teaching aspiring artists like you to do the same. Go to advancedmember.com, that's advancedmember.com to learn more. This week's episode features Artist Academy advanced student, Lissa Bowen, who just happens to be an art show veteran. Lissa has been with me since the very first day I opened the doors to the Artist Academy, and I have to brag on her for a quick second due to the fact that this woman works her buns off to achieve her goals. She is a complete rock star of a student, and today I wanted to get her on to talk about something that I know very little about, which is art shows. The majority of my sales are done online, yet I get so many questions from artists and students about what goes into the whole process of signing up, setting up, and selling at an art show. Lissa has been doing shows in Florida for the past two years, so her knowledge is pretty thorough on this subject, and she offers plenty of tips and tricks for anyone who's thinking about trying out this strategy in 2020. And Lissa highly, highly encourages it. But let me know what you think about this week's episode with Lissa Bowen. Maybe just introduce yourself just a little bit and tell them maybe where you are and just a little bit, like a brief summary of Lisa. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am a full-time artist and I'm located in Cocoa, Florida. Uh So I am 15 minutes from the beach, Uh which is fantastic because all I really paint is, is beach scenes and stuff. I do a lot of ocean waves and, um, beach scapes and underwater stuff and sea turtles. So it really works because I've got a lot of inspiration going on. This is all I do. I do it full time. And that was like I was baby stepping into it a couple years ago. And then earlier this year, um, unbeknownst to me, kind of picked me up and booted me without really asking into full time artistry. Um, I lost there was a big change. And so I lost the secondary income and I needed to be the only income. And I was like, well, a lot has already changed and I don't want to lose my art over this and everything. And all of that, I want to say, happened right about the time that you opened the Advanced Academy. And I was like, oh, look, that's good. And at first, my brain, which was freaking out, because I went from just kind of like working 
and doing the baby steps and somebody else was taking care of all of the big finances of the house that all I had to do was just kind of paint and work. And I didn't have this like pressure or speed that I had to do. So when that, when everything changed, I started becoming more responsible for, for everything, all of the bills and all of the stuff. And I didn't want to give up my art because I had already put so much time and so much effort into it. And I feel like, like a, you know when a cat falls off of something and they go, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, like they, they dig their claws in and they're like, no. <laughs> yeah, so I felt like that. I was like, I am not giving this up. And then when you started the academy, my brain was like, I don't really know if I can have Like, do I want to put something else on my plant plate financially and another thing I have to pay for? And I feel like I turned around and looked at myself and I was like, if you no, like you're going to invest in this and you're going to do it and it's going to pay off and it's going to be worth it and you're going to going to do it. And if you can't come up with that every month, then like, girlfriend, you got some bigger problems. So. That's exactly what people do. <laughs> when they're like, I can't afford it. I'm like, that means you need it. Like it's, it's so mm-hmm. affordable, like 20 something. Yeah. It's like, it's, I, and it I, really I, is, especially yeah. when you're like, okay, well, how many Starbucks do you get? How often do you go to the movies? How do you like all of these things that you don't really need to be spending money on? What are you like, just look and prioritize. And if you really want your art to succeed, you're going to make that a priority. You're going to just rearrange stuff. Exactly. Um, so you, you joined when I first opened it, which is amazing. Yes. And I love that you're still <laughs> with me. That's so cool. Uh, so, and then ha- has it paid off? Do you think? It has. Yeah. Um, a lot of it. So even though I was already established um, in Gainesville, Florida, before I moved down here to Cocoa last summer, and I had established here, there was a bunch of stuff that you offered in the academy that I didn't really know how to do. So like the contracts and the, it's the Mm -hmm. contracts and the proposals and the examples and just kind of like, I feel like a lot of the times artists are really visual, obviously. And then when you have all of the like technical side of the business, a lot of us, I feel like are deer in headlights and we're like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. And I don't know how much Ryan helps you with that, but I feel like he's a yeah. big help where you're like, this is freaking weird. And, I, and he's like, no, it's simple. It's like a bunch of text and you just sign it. And you're like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, that kind of stuff ha- has helped a lot. And then earlier this year when you got that commission for that proposal piece and you were like, I can't paint that, but I know someone who can. I know like someone that. who has the perfect niche for that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it was. It was so fantastic. And I actually, like, that one piece, too, has generated additional work in itself because people see it. And they're like, wait, what? You can do people? Like, or, like, silhouettes of stuff? And I'm like, well, it's, I mean, yeah. I don't think it's hard, but I guess, like, yeah, it falls in my area and I guess because I do sail like silhouettes of sailboats all the time now too so that there like the little bit that I've gotten from you the education and the knowledge that you've provided to the students and then even the camaraderie from the other students like I feel like I don't know I feel like it's especially now in the fourth quarter with all of us going crazy um (laughs) there's always one person who's like like it's a different person every couple days or whatever but one of us (laughs) is like I can't. Oh my gosh, I'm drowning. I feel like such a failure. But then we all swoop in and we're like, stop that nonsense. (laughs) I know. And you do too. Like everybody, 
on, on this last one when when Jen was like, I'm not feeling so hot this week, and, and literally everybody got on and was like, yep. Girl, I have been there. Like, I feel yep. you. Like, it's gonna get better. And I'm like, Oh my god. Yes. And I think that helps too. That really helps too to have, especially because the students that are in the advanced academy aren't all, we aren't all necessary on the, necessarily on the same tier. So I think when somebody on a lower tier is freaking out about how they couldn't possibly get to the higher tier, we're like, even though you're here and I'm here or I'm here, I feel like I'm here too. Because some yeah. days, like, some days it's just not great. I'm like, yeah, even the ones of us that you look up to and you think you're accomplished. I'm like, no. Some days I feel like I suck and like I can't swim and that I'm floundering <laughs> and doing the wrong thing. And I'm sure you feel that way some oh, days yeah. too. And like, and yeah, we look at you like you are crazy and always busy and always have things doing. Yeah, and... mine, mine's more in like overwhelm too. That's like, that's my, my constant thing. I'm like, I'm taking, I'm taking on too much. And Ryan's like, take some stuff off. I'm like, oh yeah. Like I, put <laughs> yeah, I don't have to say yes to everything. Yeah. Well, that was like one of the hardest things for me to learn as an, as an adult is that saying no to someone else is saying yes to you mm. and like I remember the first time somebody said that to me I was like that's stupid and then like as a grown-up I'm like oh no that really does make sense because I can't say yes to everybody because then I just don't have enough time yeah. for that for me though it's I am either really 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 busy and super overwhelmed and have no idea how I'm going to get everything done or it's like crickets. Yeah. <laughs> there's like, there's really nothing in between. And I have to go and scrounge work up and yeah. yeah. Life, life of an artist, feast or famine. Yeah. Yes. It's somewhere in between. Yeah. You're never just like satisfied. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's rarely a time where you're like, everything's in balance. <laughs> so yeah. That doesn't, no, that doesn't really happen. happen. <laughs> so I wanted to get you on to talk about uh, festivals and art shows and stuff. So yeah. do you want to just kind of Maybe start in on a little bit of that, because I know that this is yeah. a hot topic. I get asked about this all the time, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm just so, this person. So, but listen, I this. have been doing them consistently now for only two years. It doesn't, I'm like, really? Has it only been that long? But it really has. Like, I, my very first um, big pop-up show thing was in October of 2017, and I've come so far since then. My first, I guess my first piece of advice is like, even for our career is it's not for the faint of heart. Like you <laughs> yeah. gotta develop some rhino skin <laughs> to do these things. There are a ton of different places where you can track them down and find them. Some places um, have them consistently. Like you can check with your local chamber of commerce and stuff and see if they have anything in the area. Like where I am, the downtown does four every year. So they do one per quarter. Okay, so well, like technically someone... we do two in the fourth quarter, but okay, so uh, yeah, I, I guess this is a great place to start. So if someone, say, someone lives in Wyoming or something, mm -hmm. someplace random, and they want to be like, they want to find an art show or a festival that they could possibly show at, how far in advance do they need to sign up, and then where do they look? So how far in advance depends on how big the show is okay. and how popular it is. I have shows that I sign up for nine months in advance. Okay. <laughs> and then I have shows that I sign up for two days in advance. <laughs> so it, uh, it really just depends on how big the show is. So the best place to go and look for it is this website called where the shows are .com. Okay. And, great. and they, so you can, you can see everything without paying the subscription. I mean, you can see like the shows, but you can't get any of the information on how big it is, how many people are going to be there, what the due date is, um, 
what the booth fee is, what the traffic's going to be like. You can't see the reviews on the shows or anything like that unless you pay the $50. It's a year, 50 bucks a year subscription. And that gives you access to every single kind of art or craft or arts and crafts or fine art or fine crafts or whatever iteration of that you want across the nation, the entire country. Wow. Yeah. It's like a gold mine for that stuff. So definitely, if you want to get into the art shows, do that. And then that's going to tell you where you can uh, where you can apply. Some of them have their own uh, connections that you email them, or they have their own websites that you go through, or they have like a sister website that you go to that, and that organizes all of the applications. So for that, it's festival.net or Zapplication. So it's application with a Z in front of it. And... That keeps all of your stuff organized in a digital portfolio and okay. that, yeah, go so, there. <laughs> to, so, so say I went on there and I found one that's in the summer, so six months in advance, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to apply for this one. You can just apply. What is the application project or process so, like? Is so the application, like- some of them are going to be online and some of them are going to be, you have to print it out as a PDF, and some of them you'll pay online just the application fee, which is you're paying a jury committee, which is a bunch of stuffy old artists with is it really? degrees who look is, at your work and decide if you're good enough. <laughs> is it so, really mostly that? Or are there some modern places or like? Some, or there's people? some that aren't juried and stuff and some that are like some of the places that are put on by like Elks Lodges or Lions Clubs or stuff like that, that they have le- like less stringent requirements. But you're going to go on and every single thing is going to ask you what your name is, you know, uh, what your kind of work is and where you're located and all of this nonsense. Um, and then it's also going to ask you to provide pictures of your work, which is going to vary depending on the type of show that you apply to. So some of them, they're just going to want a picture of your work and they're going to want varying degrees of the different types of work that you do the fancier juror shows are going to want work that goes together okay so so like a series yeah a series they don't all have to be from the same series but they do get kind of weird about like what you're displaying some other ones want you to display a pic they want you to show a picture of you working they want proof that you made it. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> and like, yeah. I have plenty, so, plenty of those posed p- photos of me working. <laughs> yeah. So I have every time that an, I'm at a festival and a newspaper comes by and takes a picture of me, I save it because I'm like, haha. Like, and it's perfect for look, I am creating it and I'm at a show. So like, look at me. And then they also want a picture of your booth setup. Okay. Which means but that you have to erect your entire booth setup. Okay. Oh, if you've never done one, you have to be ready to do one before you even do one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the barrier one to of, entry is a little high, but once you get in, you're like, okay, it's no big deal, yes. right? Yeah, and, and uh, the best way to do it um, is you can start off really, really small and just kind of build up to it. Like when I met Sam a couple of years ago, she was just starting – doing those so like we were both doing the shows but she was doing different ones and she had a different tent set up than I did okay. so that's the first thing that you have to get is a tent okay tent and tables <laughs> where, where do you buy a tent where do you like so you can get them pretty much anywhere uh if you're going to if you want to start immediately you just need like a pop-up beach canopy thing it just needs four legs and a top 
Okay. That's all it needs. Easy. And that's going to get you into the smaller, less regulated craft shows to at least get your work out there and be and make start making a presence for yourself. Most of the upper tier shows are going to want a white tent with white walls. Oh. Because they set up for two or three days at a time, and you need to be able to close the tent up. So it's the same canvas top as walls so that you can zip it all shut with all your work in it overnight. Is it is that all white thing a Florida thing or is that like a- uh, so far? Yeah, it's definitely a Florida thing. But it's I've from what I've seen, it's also a everywhere else thing. The only thing that's going to change at that point is the shape of the tent. Okay. Like some of them are going to be the triangle, like the pyramid tops, yeah. and some of them are going to be domed. And the domed ones are really nice, but they're also very expensive. You can get the the white tents you can get at Sam's Club, you can get at Home Depot, you can get a on Amazon. Mine came off of Amazon, and it's just a uh, an industrial easy up. Okay. That is like that's where you've got to start, and that's going to run about two hundred dollars, like okay. right off the bat. Oh man! <laughs> like but unavoidable. It's worth it. Okay. Yes. So that was that was my couple years ago. That was what I told my parents I wanted for Christmas. I was like, oh, I want this tent. Perfect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you need a tent to start off with, and then at that point where you start kind of varying is it's going to depend on what your medium is. If you're a sculptor, or a jeweler, or a painter, or any sort of two D artist. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll just kind of assume maybe everybody's a painter. Everybody's a painter. Yeah. We are. We'll just so, assume. Yeah. You need walls okay. <laughs> to hang your work on. <laughs> so that even the options for those are going to vary. I'll make sure I post a picture of my booth and I'll have it in a post on mine or at least on my story at, when we're done. My walls are reclaimed wood and chicken wire because I'm very much with like Sam is I don't want to go and like generate a bunch of new stuff I want to make it all out of recycled stuff so I made my walls my collectors and clients and everything they really like it unfortunately the fancier shows do not (laughs) they want you to have very specific black tan or charcoal gray pro panel walls which costs well over a thousand dollars. They are expensive. What? Oh yes. wow! So okay. there are the internet is a beautiful thing, and so is YouTube <laughs> and DIY stuff. Um, there are places yeah. where, and if you're handy, where you can DIY your own pro panel looking walls to okay. su- like that'll suffice, um, and you can do that probably for half the cost. Okay, um, I might just like ask you where these YouTube videos are and I'll include it in the podcast notes. That way people okay. can just click. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there's also, uh, of course, the other thing you can do is uh, Facebook Marketplace is your friend. You have to assume that around you there is some older artist that is done and is retiring and selling their entire setup. That's what you want. That's a gold mine. Because you're going to get it for a fraction of the cost because a lot of the times they want, they want to help. They want to help the up and coming artist. And so they are like, Oh, Hey, like I have everything here and they'll list everything. And sometimes they're willing to break it up a little bit. And that's like pennies on the dollar of what you would be paying. So definitely like try that. There are several other wall types that you can go. There's grid wire walls that you can get in black or you can get in white or silver. Then there's mesh panel walls which are really great for artists that have lighter work. 
Um, and then those come in varying colors too. And they just stretch from one wall to the other and go away. They stretch from one mm. wall to the other and then they have like this really fine um, screen. Like the holes are really fine, but the screen itself is really, really strong. And so you can put your art on all of those. Okay. So you, there's, dev, there's several options for walls and there's several options for tents. You just kind of got to figure what works for you budget-wise and what works with your art. Um, so do you have like hangers on the back of your pieces? And yes. how do you so get them on the wall? All, also several variations. <laughs> so some people do solid walls and they just kind of have nails that they hang in and they hang up their everything, right? Okay. Um, on the pro panel walls, they have like, heavy Velcro duty hooks that you can put on them because the walls are wrapped in this kind of like outdoor Berber carpet. Then there are, have you like, they're like weird quilting hooks, but they have like a, like a real super pokey side and then it comes up and then like a U. Okay. But they're like a fabric hook. So those get used in pro panels a lot because the inside of a pro panel is foam. I use with the chicken wire. I actually use picture hooks like that you would use at home on the wall the little brass ones that come with the nail, I just hook them around the wire and then I hook my paintings onto them. And all of my paintings have D-rings and wire across them so that they're ready to just hang up at home because when they when people buy art, they just want to take it home and put it on the wall. They don't want to do anything with it. They just want yeah. it ready to go. So that's an option. There's also these like long steel cables that you can get that have adjustable clamp hooks on them that you can move up and down. And so that hooks to the top part of your wall and then hangs down the wall so that you can put oh. art on it. And that's okay. kind of more similar to what you would find in an, in an actual gallery. And that's one of the things, too, is that for the juried shows, when they, um, when they do the judging and they're like, oh, we give away $10,000 cash to the best of show, they want your booth to look like a tiny walk-in gallery. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, so you can do the the painting hooks, you can do nails, you can do Velcro, you can do command strips. Like it really, all of that depends on your walls and your art. Like there's so, it's a really giant puzzle that all of the pieces are going to be kind of um, particular to you and what works for you. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Um, Jen has a question. Yeah. Um, is an art show different than a craft show? Like what and what's the difference? Have you displayed um, it both? Yes, I have displayed it both. I, I probably won't do that again. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so it's there are art shows and then there are craft shows and then there are fine art shows and fine craft shows and then there's ones that they lump it all together and it's an arts and craft show. I didn't know that. So okay. art shows are predominantly art, meaning it's not functional unless it's like a sculpted vase or, you know, like pottery tends to be very functional, um, is an art show. A fine art show just means that the caliber bar you have to jump over is much higher than a art show. And the same with a fine craft versus craft. A craft show is going to have mom and pops, local jams and jellies and breads, and grandma has a bunch of fabric left over, so she made bows for her dog. Like, that that's going to be the craft show. Um, <laughs> we don't belong there. <laughs> okay, okay. You end up looking really, uh, I guess, pretentious. I, I accidentally ended up in one of those this year. I thought that it was going to be something else because of the way that they worded it in the – 
description of the event. And so I applied for it and it was in a new area. And I'm, um, I always try to push out of my area a little bit to see where I'm going to fit the best. Yeah. And I, I guess when you go to an art show, you can kind of see there's like a ranking. You can look and see like the caliber of the artists that are there. And then I, so I had, you know, $3,000 original paintings <laughs> next to like $8 hair bows. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, and then so even my prints, which aren't framed or anything, the prints that I take to the shows start at $20. You know, that's my bottom line pricing. And so even at that point, I was double at my lowest what the lady next to me at her highest was. And I was like, well, like, nope, that's not that's not going to work. Um, so my best advice for that is before you apply to a show, if you can go to it, like go to it, survey it, talk to the artist. Like before you do any shows, really, that's what you should do. You should go, go to the art shows yourself, attend them as a patron, maybe do some shopping and support your fellow artists, but also like find people who do the same kind of work as you and ask them. They more often than not, they will be so, so willing to help you and give you the same information that I'm giving you right now, but they'll give it to you in person and then you can kind of connect with them and they'll help you figure out where to go. And then they'll tell you too. They'll be like, oh no, this is, you know, I've done this show for the last five years and the last three years, it's been steadily declining. So I probably won't come back next year. Like you want to find out who the veterans are, who the new people are, who's happy, who's not happy. Also, look at the median age of the artists. Like, what's the, what's the age? I had a show again last month. Um, that's a really high-caliber show. I was in a great spot, and I, like, everybody was great, and the art was great, and everything was beautiful. I also brought down the median age of artists by a lot because I was <laughs> the youngest yeah. by a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so the downside there was it kind of gave off, like, a... <clears throat> I was the new kid on the block, and so everybody was kind of like, oh, you've never been here before. Like, why are, you, why are you here? Like, what are you doing? And it's like they liked it, but it's all – like, I'll have to go back another year to see if it's still that way or if mm -hmm. it's not. Some of the best advice that I've gotten from artists when I've gone and had those conversations with them is you have to give every show three years. Oh, okay. Before you write it off because okay. you got you to gotta make sure – because especially, like – you can never know. The shows are always different. Even though you do the same show, I had one that I did in October, and this year was my third year on it. So my first year was great. My second year was less than great, um, but it was also – it was in Gainesville, and it's, it's where the Florida Gators play football, and football is really, really big in Florida, like huge. Um, and it was the one weekend that there wasn't a game. And when there's the one weekend that there isn't a game, the entire county is like, let's do all of the things right now. We'll do them all this weekend so that we're not competing with football, except then they're all competing with each other. <laughs> so that one wasn't that great. But then I did the same one this year, and it's the best show I've ever had. Like, oh. I was – it just – I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah. that, that's a lesson. Okay, so don't write mm -hmm. one off just because it's your first year. And, and no. probably the first one you do is probably going to be one of the worst ones too because you're, you know, you're just getting a feel of how to set up. You're just getting yeah. a feel of how to talk to people in person too. Yeah. And so could, could you give some tips on how to get 
people who are just kind of strolling by to take an interest? Do you let your art do work. the talking? Okay. Work life. That Ooh. was my, one of the things, especially for a painter, bring something not, so you like when you do the, the live painting at the charity events and stuff, or you bring the print that you embellish or something you're almost done with at the show, you want to bring something that you're like three quarters of a way done, maybe halfway done with so that you have enough of it that people are excited about where it's headed and they want to stand and watch you develop it for a little bit. They don't want to see you putting on your final strokes. They want to see it actually be born. And then you'll get people, if, you do, if you're doing that on the first day, you'll get people who will come back on the second day just to see how much farther you are. They want to see it develop. And also it probably gives you something so, to do other than like It gives you something to do, yes. It also, it gives you something to do and something to keep your mind occupied. I am a very, I'm an anxious overthinker. So I take something to work on because otherwise I sit there and I'm like, oh my gosh, nobody's coming into my tent. And I'm like, do they like me? Do they like my work? Like, what am I doing? I'm wasting my life. I shouldn't be here. This is ridiculous. No one's going to buy anything. How I am I going to feed my kids? And I just, think like you do. No, I think yes. anybody in that position, like all of our minds would go the exact same way. Yeah, and so when the, the unfortunate thing about that is when you start thinking that way, you start putting out that kind of like swirly negative, don't come talk to me because I'm a ball of blah. Yeah. Um, so when you have a painting to work on, it gives you somewhere to focus that. And then because you're working, you look interesting. People want to come up and talk to you. And it's really funny because they'll always be like, oh, I don't want to interrupt you. I was just watching. Like, And you're like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Like, this is why I'm doing this, so, yeah. to get you. What, what about yeah, music? Yeah, and you just you, engage with them. Do you um, play music? Or is that not, is that not a thing in shows? Uh, some artists play music, and some don't. I personally don't, um, especially if there's live music provided at the okay. thing. Because then you're in com your competition yeah. with the other music, and it just kind of ends up being noise. Yeah. And I think that people have very particular musical tastes. And I'm always afraid that I'm going to, like, make somebody go away from my tent just because they don't like the music I'm playing. So okay, yeah, I don't true. do that. <laughs> true. Just play, uh, like, classical. Yeah. yeah, so you just say, you know, you just kind of engage with them or anything. There's some some artists who are really super selly and, like, jump down your throat and are like, oh, yeah. this is my art. Blah, blah, blah. And, like, I'm not one of those. I literally, I'm like, hi, I'm the artist. If you have any questions, like, Please feel free to ask. That's my sales pitch. Okay. And okay. like, I even say that's my sales pitch. I'm like, I'm not here to bother you. You're here to look at art. And if they engage with me after that, then I engage with them further. Okay. And I don't post the prices of my paintings in the booth. You don't? Okay. Why? No. Because I'm always hanging originals up on the walls and my originals my small originals start at $150 and that tends to freak people out and they run away um, okay. because they, because they look at it. I mean, you do when you go shopping and you are shopping for clothing, how many of us go and we go, Oh, I really like this dress. And then we pull the tag out. We look at it and we go, oh, like, ah. I did like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you put it, you know, and then you never look at it again. And so I don't do that. I have handwritten, which again, the, the fancy shows hate, but my clients really, really like. Um, I have handwritten signs where I write the title of the piece, the medium and the size, and then I write a little thing about it, like why, why I painted it or what it brings up for me. And then I usually ask a question at the end of it 
And I'm like, you know, if it's something that has images hidden in it, I'm like, can you find the whatever or what else can you see? Or what does this piece do for you? Usually brings up a nice flow of conversation where they can talk about it. And that's what you want to do is you want them to fall in love with the piece so much that they don't care how much it costs. Okay. You know, so and if you write oh, on the on the little card, you ask the question on yeah. the card or you, you write? Yeah. No. On, so if you have like for this one here. When I had this one at the show this weekend, it would be like hanging up like this and then off to the, where am I, side here Yeah, would be like a little index card type thing that would say, this is Boundaries. It's a 36 by 48 acrylic piece. And then okay. I would talk about why I painted it. And which was, it's pretty much usually like a verbatim, whatever I wrote on Instagram when I posted it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so... For that one, there is a bunch of stuff hidden in the clouds because I was working on it live at a couple shows and kids would come up to me and they'd be like, there's a gator right here. And I'm like, what, where? And they would show me and sure enough, there was a gator. And so I would like develop it a little bit and pull it out because there's something about kids coming up and participating with me in my work that I really, really like. So that was what I asked for that. And I'm like, can you find the gator? What else can you find? And mm -hmm. so... People were stopping and talking about that all the time. But when you develop that conversation with them, they have a chance to kind of fall in love with the piece and fall in love with you. And you have to sell yourself as much as you have to sell your art because as an artist, that is us. Like, this is me. Part of it is it's me. And yeah. so you have to like both. You have to connect with both to want to buy the art. Um, and a lot of the times you get them to fall in love with the piece enough. And if they can afford the original financially, then they just buy it. And if they can't, if you've done your job correctly, they buy a print. <laughs> because they love the piece and they want it in their home and they want to be able to look at it every single day. They, they commit to it no matter what. So, yeah, you can't hand me $5,000, but you can hand me, you know, 60 bucks, And yeah. that they don't feel okay. so bad about. Okay, so they they'll ask like, "Hey, how much is this piece?" And you'll say, "The well, will you say it both at the same time?" Like, "Well, the original is this," and then wait for their response, or do you say the original is this or the print is that, and give them both options up front? Um, I usually give them the original up and then tell them I have prints available. Okay, because I have prints available in varying degrees, okay. and so I'm just kind of like. You know, if you like it that much and you can't afford the original, let's talk about what your budget is, and then we'll see what we can do for you in there. Ooh, um, I like that. Yeah. Okay. The other thing that can be kind of difficult, particularly with my artwork, is the way that I layer my paint. Printers can't really replicate it. So you can get a – I can give you a really good print, but it's never going to be as good as the original mm -hmm. because the ink is going to put turquoise paint where it sees turquoise. It's going to put the ink. Um, but I didn't use turquoise. I layered greens and blues and yellows to get that color, you know, so it's not going to yeah. be, it's not going to be the same, but it's a lot of people don't, don't really care unless they're avid art collectors. And then That's if you true. get an avid art collector, they generally are like, yeah, I don't buy prints. I only buy originals. And yeah. Like, okay. That's who you want oh. in your booth. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That is who you want in your booth. And uh -huh. that's, you know, a make or break it kind of thing too. And where that kind of, that spills really easily into, it takes one sale. That's all it takes at these shows. If your okay. art's priced right, it takes one sale. 
Okay. Which could kind of go into another question of how much do, does it cost to get into these shows? Obviously, the lower craft shows where the higher final yeah. shows are a bit more, but maybe there's a general idea of like yeah. $500 so, for... Some of them can be as low as like 20 bucks. Okay. Um, those are generally your once a month pop-up art walks that last for, you know, four to six hours, anywhere in that, like on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all the way up to $1,000, oh, wow. okay. <laughs> depending on where you're at. These, those are shows that I have not done yet because I, I am a single mom. I don't just have $1,000 laying around to just gamble with. That's, you know, yeah. and that's really what you're doing when you do these shows. Um, you're kind of gambling the the booth fee to to see if you are going to make it back you know a lot of the times the shows are like oh no we charge that because we know you'll make it back and you're like yeah but do you really can you really guarantee me that and the answer is no <laughs> the answer is no um so yeah some of them like the ones that i haven't entered are south florida district um i don't know if anybody is familiar with it but art basil just ended which is yeah. a huge, long Miami Art Week. It's it's like New York Fashion Week, except it's art, and it is enormous and incredibly oh. difficult to get into. Oh, oh and, my God. Keep going. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> incredibly <laughs> difficult to get into um, and very, very expensive, but also very worth it because the people that attend that show, which really it's like a bunch of little micro shows within a big week-long festival. Um, okay. And the people who attend it are there to, they're there to spend money. Like, that's the one that you're like, okay, fine, I'll give you $1,000, but all right. Um, my median um, level is usually between 175 and 275 I think I did one earlier this year that was closer to 400 but that's, like, the most expensive that I've gotten. I usually stay right around $200 because if you're local, then it's $200. But if you're traveling – then it's your gas and your transportation for your actual artwork, your lodging, your food, the show expenses, like everything for that. Um, obviously, all of that is expensable. Like, write it off. Keep track of all of that. But it's just kind of like a big investment up front, and then you work your butt off for two days and get the return. And some days, you know, at the end of the day, we're all, we all want to make money, but your goal is to at least break even. Like, you never want to be going into a deficit. And then even then, you never know. I had a show this year where I went and I spent the money and I made zero dollars. I didn't sell anything, nothing happened, but I got probably $3,000 worth of commissions out oh. of that show. So wow. I didn't come home with money that weekend, but I had a bunch of money afterward. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of kind of feel it by ear and and. Think of it as even though you're paying for the thing and even if you're not making the money back from paying for the booth fee, you're paying kind of like an advertising fee. And it's I know we all hate the whole exposure, exposure, exposure thing, but like it really is exposure. The best thing for you is for you and your art to be in the face of potential collectors as often as possible in the best mood possible with your best foot forward as often as you can. Even though I had that show, it was really discouraging. And it was because I was just not in a great spot. I wasn't in a great spot mentally. The weather was terrible. It rained the whole time. Like, and you can't, I can't, I can't control that. Like, I can't control the weather, you know. And it was, it was what it was. But at, after that, it ended up, I got a client that wanted something similar to what I had 
recommissioned. Like she wanted me to repaint it in different colors and do that. And then another one was the surfboard that I did. And she was so happy with my work that she's been a repeat collector for the last two months. Like she's come back to me repeatedly. And that's, she's like a golden, <laughs> a golden client. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's expensive up front and, but not always. So if you're wanting to get started, look for a local art walk, you know, talk to your local art community and see if there's something you can get involved in. Um, food truck festivals are, um, have gotten really popular in the last several years. And a lot of the times they have space for vendors. And they turn into this, like, Friday fest. Um, everywhere I've lived in the last 10 years has had some sort of Friday fest. It's either – it's one of the Fridays of the month, and it's consistently that Friday every month. And there's food, and there's music, and there's art, and it's kid-friendly and dog-friendly and people-friendly. And, like, that's the kind of thing you want to get in on. And just kind of take small stuff. Don't take anything that's more than, like, 20 bucks. Just – yeah. little things. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this kind of moves into Denise's question is, uh, she says that she wants to do art shows in the next year, which is exciting, but how much, how much stock should she have for that show? <laughs> so that also depends on the show. How big is the show and how much space do you get? So some shows you only get a six foot table. Okay. So that you've got to confine to that for painters. It's going to be, you know, a couple bins of prints and maybe some small items and maybe like really tiny originals that you can put on easels on the table. Those are going to go all the way up to 10 by 10 booths, which are the ones that require you to have a tent. So if you do your 10 by 10 booth, then you're going to want enough art for the walls and which is pretty much going to be one or two pieces per panel. So depending on how big, how big your art is. Um, and then I would say probably no more than two, they're like these uh, canvas manila envelope looking things that the prints go in. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I think they're called print stands, <laughs> but like they're black and metal and you put the prints in them and then that's uh, you want those. And that's, it's not a lot you want, you would rather be over prepared than under prepared yeah. is the thing. Um, okay. And then well, it's just schlepping it all back and forth. Yeah. Also, uh, what sells the best? If you could pick out like one thing, originals, prints, mini prints, what's the one thing you think like if you're, if you're bringing it, it's probably going to sell or does it? Yeah. Vary? So it varies, um, where I am and the time of year that it is. Mm -hmm. I have certain places that I know. I do know for consistency, at least the town that I started out in, in Gainesville, Florida, the, my best product to take there is greeting cards. Okay, like, so something small. I take thousands of greeting cards with me, <laughs> and I sell so, so many of them because they're $3 a piece, and it's, okay. it's predominantly a college town, and the college kids really want to be able to buy stuff and art and support, um, but they don't have money. So yeah. they, like, they like the $3 greeting cards and the $20 mini prints, like they, that kind of thing. So you just have to know your demographic. And unless you're doing it somewhere that you've been established already, you don't know until you try. You don't, you know, you don't know until you go. Um, here, I, the last show I just did this weekend, it was coloring books and Christmas cards and Christmas oh. ornaments. Like, well, yeah, yeah, with but Christmas. if it's the time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then other places, it's originals. I'm, you know, I don't, I never know. 
I just kind of have to go and take and be like, okay. So sometimes when you do a, a show and it's your first year there, part of it is just going to be you're going to have to walk it and see what's going and what people are buying. Pay attention to the people who are walking by your tent that have shopping bags and stuff. See what people are buying. And then if you kind of can catch if you see something that's going by a lot, go find who that is and find out what the price mark is. Because that's going to be like, okay, that's what people are finding acceptable spending at this show. And again, that varies. That's one of the hardest things is like you can get all of your stuff together. And why I said you needed to have rhino skin going to do shows is that they will never be the same. They're always changing. Sometimes it's really fun. Sometimes it's really terrible. Sometimes the people are nice. Sometimes the people are not nice. Sometimes the artists are welcoming and sometimes the artists are like, um, excuse you, there's enough of us here. Why are you trying to play this game too? You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is not for the faint of heart. There is a lot that can, there's just a lot of variables that are going to be included in every show that you do. Some of them are going to be in your control and some of them aren't. And mm -hmm. all you can kind of do is hope I hate that. All you can do is hope for the best. But all you can do is hope for the best and yeah. and adjust year to year. So if you go the first year and you don't do anything because you didn't bring enough little stuff, then go back the next year and take less big stuff and bring your little stuff. Um, and if it's the other way around, maybe you brought too much little stuff and it's a higher end show and, you know, those people want to spend higher end money and they don't, like – they somehow think that you're beneath them at that point. It's really, mm. really bizarre. Like you have to kind of ride the wave or the roller coaster and there's, there's no real rhyme or reason to it. The only thing that you can do is consistently have your tent and your setup and work and be as authentically yourself and cheerful as possible. And even if you can't be cheerful and people come in and they ask you like, Hey, how are you doing? You'll be like, well, it was a lot of work to set this up and the weather kind of sucks, but here I am and I'm happy. So how are you? And a lot of the times people will respond to that, you know, we're all yeah. human. So we respond to each other's humanity, I think a lot better. Um, yeah. And ultimately the person who's not going to respond to you in a positive way really isn't going to buy your art because they don't, if they yeah. don't like you, they don't like your art. It's <laughs> so true. Like they, they have to have a, it's like similar people buy from similar people. You can mm -hmm. kind of tell who, who's your people when yeah. you come in. And with well, you've said that. You've said that before, I think. Um, I remember yeah. hearing in another podcast where you were saying that you sell better if they have a chance to meet you and talk with you rather than yeah. your work just hanging up in an office for a month or two and nothing happening. Yeah. Like they need a chance to meet the artist and connect with the artist. Which is perfect for shows and festivals. That's exactly yes. what you're doing. You're connecting with your yes. customer. And there's just, I mean, with, there's such an online game here recently, mm -hmm. which is amazing that we can sell art on Instagram and stuff. But you just can't beat that in-person connection, which is no. why I hope people listening are like really, if they've never done a show or they've never, you know, presented or something they want to, I really hope this inspires them to help get them <laughs> out and do it because it's not as scary yeah. as you think it is. Yeah, no, and it's fantastic. And two, like the, with everything being online so much now, I can't tell you how often I go to a show and people come in and they're like, oh, I follow you on Instagram. Like I've seen yes. your work. It's so awesome to meet you in person. Like, oh, this is cool. Or specifically with, with boundaries, the piece that I just finished, people were watching me paint that and they were watching it develop on Instagram. And people came to the show this weekend specifically because I was like, hey, I'm done with it. If you want to see it in person, mm -hmm. it'll be in my booth on Saturday and Sunday. 
And people would come just for that because they wanted to see it finished or they saw it at a previous show where I was working on it and they wanted to see it finished. And so it's just weird how interlocked or intertwined or muddled like all, all of that is as far as Instagram and Facebook go. And I keep meaning to be like, to hop on the TikTok train. I just, I... Uh, one at a time. <laughs> like just one, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Recently I've been experimenting on LinkedIn too. And I'm like, I'm just adding more. I don't even know. <laughs> well, and that's the thing though, is you've got to kind of cast a wide net to get a few fish. Like, yes, do what we, works. We have a couple questions from when we posted on Instagram yesterday okay. asking for questions. Um, what's the best way to charge your customer? So if someone wants to buy right then, how do you collect Take their money? Take card. Take card. Get yourself okay. a reader. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so a lot of reader? people don't carry cash. Yeah. So I had Square and PayPal, and I actually just got um, a merchant reader through my bank and my business account. Mm-hmm. So if you can do that, that's the best way to do it, I think, because it's the – so they sent me a reader. It's a Bluetooth wireless. Like, it connects to my phone, oh. and it does it does swipe and dip and tap and Apple Pay and Samsung Pay. It does all of the who's it, what's it. It's like mm-hmm. any way I could possibly get money from you, it'll take it. Um, and it and co- they charge, does that cost? Does yeah, that so to get it or um, to run when a you yes, so you like we get Square, you sign up for Square, you sign up for PayPal readers. They don't charge you for the reader, but they um, they charge you a lot more percentage wise. Okay. So Square has a percentage charge, and then PayPal has a percentage charge, and they also have a cap on how much you can do, um, which stinks because. It's not a very high cap. <laughs> and then if you go over it, whatever you go over it, they, they, they hold for 30 days, which sure. is, I guess, nice because it's a savings account you can't access unless you really need that money. And then it's like, hey, okay, fine. All right. Um, but the bank one that I just did, the reader was a one-time $69 fee for me to get the reader. And then it's $5 a month or something like that. But I do enough with it that I'm not going to miss that at all. Um, And especially because PayPal, I want to say PayPal and Square charge me like 3.2%. And my bank only charges me 2.3% per transaction and 10 cents. It's like a 10 cent swipe fee and then 2.3% of the thing, which really isn't that bad. And it's 10 cents if my transaction is a dollar and it's 10 cents if my traction... Transaction is ten thousand dollars, so oh, okay. it doesn't matter. Yeah. It also it goes directly into my bank account and is immediately available. Square, if you are doing this stuff on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, you can't have it till Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> and um, PayPal, if you have a PayPal card, you can access it. But if you need to move it to your bank account, you have to wait a day or two for the yeah. transfer. So have you tried Venmo? Um, yeah, yeah, Venmo I have Venmo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have that. I I don't use that at the shows as much as I do online. Like when I post stuff online and they're like, oh, yeah, I want that. Can I Venmo you? And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, you can. Yeah, you just you do not want to limit the ways that people can give you money. And like I always Mm -hmm. joke about it because people come up and they'll be like, well, do you take card? And I'd be like, I would be dead in the water if I didn't. Like, (laughs) how much cash do you carry on you? Yeah, I think I have $10. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, and you get the people. But not me. Like, 
that's yeah, the, I don't carry cash on me. It's just not a thing that I do. Um, and a lot of people when they go shopping, like they'll take cash as like kind of a deterrent for overspending. Um, but then you get the people who like they took cash and they went over that and then they whip out their plastic. Like, yeah, but yeah, you have to be able to take credit cards and debit cards, um, Apple pay, Samsung pay, any of it. Like you just, just don't, you want them to buy your art. Don't limit them. <laughs> like, just yeah. do not limit them to what they can buy and how, how they can buy it and when they can buy it. Awesome. Uh, so Ashley has a question. Do you need an LLC to be at an art show or some sort of official business license? You need an occupational license. Okay. <laughs> so, like, Which you get a, through your city or your county. Okay. Yeah. And that, yeah. that costs, I think here it costs me like 50 bucks or something. Mm -hmm. Is that what it costs? Where yeah. You are? Okay. Yes. You also need to be registered as a sole proprietor or as a business with the state that you're okay. selling out of. Um, well, with the state that you're based out of, not the state that you're selling out of. That question I don't know for sure, though, because I haven't sold out of Florida yet because that's being a mom and having to go elsewhere is, is just not something that I'm willing to do right now. Yeah. Um, I want to. It's just a little too much. And then you also need to be registered with the state IRS to collect your sales tax. Basically have, a, have an EIN number, all that fun yeah. stuff. Yes, you have to have the EIN number for, well, that's the EIN number for your actual yeah, taxes, but then you also have to be additionally registered with the state for the state taxes. So, like, that's paperwork that I still have to do. Mine, my new, mine is coming up that I have to renew it because that one, yeah. like your, your business, your business stuff, you only have to re-register every five years, and that one you have to redo every single year. Um mm. But the nice thing about having that is if you have the sales tax number and you can provide that, you can take it to Michael's or Hobby Lobby or Joann's or wherever you buy your art supplies and you can show them that and they will give you a tax-exempt tax ID because you should not be paying sales tax on your items what? to I make your art. That. Yeah. <laughs> what? I didn't know yeah. that at all. Yep. You should be – if you have – so you're doing the stuff and you're paying sales tax on the items that you're selling. That means that you don't pay the sales tax on the items that you get to make it. So your brushes, your paints, your canvas, anything like that, um, you won't pay the sales tax on because you, you're going to be doing a resell. So you use those items to make your product and then you sell your product. And that's when you pay the sales tax. You pay it uh, back at the end. Otherwise, you're paying sales tax twice. Right. Okay. I didn't know that last year either. So when I knew that this year, I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and you can use it anywhere. You just kind of have to go in and say, hey, this is what I do. Do I qualify for the tax exempt? It's just like a fun like piece of paper, and it has the little like Florida ID. And then like I have one that's nicer, and I display it because some shows require you to display that you're registered and that you're not like cheating the system. But yeah, you get that, and that's it's helpful. You just you have it there and you have to collect tax. So when I charge them, I, I don't charge additional sales tax when they pay with cash because I don't want to have to deal with change, like actual mm -hmm. money metal. But I do charge it when they pay with a card and then I just go home and I do a bunch of math. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. It makes yeah. the transaction faster, which makes them happier. So. Yeah, anything to make the customer experience better. Yeah, faster. absolutely. Awesome. Okay, so any, what's our last, maybe like one last question. So if you were just to give like one tip, 
or one piece of advice for someone who is thinking about doing art shows in 2020, what would you say that they must do or any of Don't give remarks? up. Don't give up. Okay, I like that. Don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> they are do worth not it. give up. Yes, they are worth it. It just takes a minute to find the one that you're going to be really successful at, and that one may not be where you live. Yeah. Because where my most successful one isn't where I live anymore. It's where yeah. I used to live, you know, and um, I have a feeling my my goal for 2020 is going to be to push my art to the west coast of Florida and down into South Florida and to get my own behind into Art Basel next year. Oh, nice. Yeah, which might be total insanity. I don't know how no. I'm actually going to manage that, but I'm going to do it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it, I say if your goal doesn't scare you a little bit and think you're a little insane, then it's not big enough. Then it's know? not high enough. Yeah, yes, exactly. exactly. Amazing. Well, um, for all podcast listeners, you want to just say where they can find you, uh, your website yes. and your Instagram or wherever? Yep. So my Instagram is at barefoot and doodles. Uh, and that's, it's all one word um, with an barefoot and and not and an ampersand. Doodles. Yep. Okay. And then my website is really easy. It's barefoot, barefoot and doodles dot art. Awesome. Super easy. <laughs> Super simple. So simple yes. is the way to go. Awesome. Yep. Well, thank you so much for hopping on here and talking. I've learned so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Thank you. Talking. My pleasure. Yes. All right. Well, I will see you later. Have a good day. All right. Sounds great, Andrea. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, a program for artists who want to up-level their art game by taking it from a hobby or a side hustle to a full-time art business. I've been a professional artist for over five years with paintings in several different countries and a client list that includes high-profile companies such as Bass Pro, O'Reilly's, Duck Commander, and many, many more. So I figured out what it takes to build an art business, and now my heart is set on teaching aspiring artists like you to do the same. Go to advancedmember.com, that's advancedmember.com to learn more. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Also, if you ever want to join us live and have your questions answered in real time by myself or featured guests, then just hop on over to facebook.com slash groups slash Artist Academy every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And I'll see you next week.